Here we go. Today, we said goodbye to Ruth last week. Five weeks in the book of Ruth. Today is a solo message. Next weekend, Christina Aguilera is going to be here. She is not. Okay. But I'm, we're doing a new series called The Voice. We're taking off on that. We're going to have a lot of fun with it. It's all about hearing the voice of God. How many can learn about trying to hear the voice of God a little clearer? Hey, I asked a question. How many of you want to hear the voice of God a little better? We're going to try to equip you next weekend. It's my goal as I preach God's word about that over the next several weeks. And we're going to talk about the voice of the Lord. Well, this morning we're doing a message called Seeing the Opportunity. Seizing the Opportunity. Carpe diem, seizing the day. It's a Latin term. And basically, uh, if you really get to stay, that's like pluck it out, the ripe fruit from the vine, pluck it out. But God wants us to see the opportunities at hand. And I think in the days that we live in 2013, there are so many opportunities for us as Christ followers to make a witness, to be a little more intentional, a little clearer about it, and to probably try to um, offer the hope of the gospel to a world that really needs to hear about Jesus. Well, this morning, not a lot of notes in your worship guide, but don't let that fool you. There's a lot of content here. Open your Bibles to the book of Colossians. Can you do that if you haven't already? Chapter 4. We're going to turn over there together. It's a great passage. I, I love the book here. As Paul writes here to those at Colossae. And uh, man, this is a, just a section that I know I've read a lot over the years. And I, I, I find a lot of strength. I've talked to the men about it on Monday morning prayer times. And I was just chewing on this uh, a couple months back. And I said, man, we, we just need to come. And this will just encourage the body of Christ. So right now, I want people across the living room to all stand and to hold your Bibles, and you can read along with me. I'm lead, reading from the New Living Translation. And uh, so I want you to hear the word of the Lord. Chapter 4, Colossians, verses 2 and following. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us, too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I'm here in change. Pray that I will proclaim this message as I clearly as I should. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. God, take the living, eternal word and break our hearts. Speak to our hearts, God. Give us a word in season and out of season. God, shape us today by the word of God. And God's church said, you can be seated. That's God's word for us. In the NIV, basically says, and pray for us too there, that God may open a door. We're going to come back to that phrase, that God may open a door for us. Well, this morning, I wanted us to just look in our time together about seeing the opportunities that are right in front of us. And, and this is a really a practical message. And right at the very top of your notes, you see that it's, it's really broken into two parts here. Speaking to God about people. God I want you to do this because what we do is we get all mixed up and we run the phone and we run text people and we email them and we tweet them and all this and God wants us to talk to him. So I'm hoping this morning God's just going to give us a practical word that we go, God, I want to speak to you about this person, my wife, my husband, my kid, my employer, my boss, my friend, my colleague, God, yes, even my enemy. God, I want to speak to you. How many of you want to speak to God about something? And do we? A lot of times we do, and we love there. But the other part is that in evangelism, that we speak to people about God. We speak to others about Christ, 
what Jesus is doing in our life and how he's redeeming us and shaping us and changing us. But you know, some of us have gone to sleep. We need to be awoken. We're lukewarm. And here's my prayer today. God set the church on fire. How many will be on fire today for Jesus Christ? And you know, I, well, you know, I just want to kind of be religious on my best day. Guys, religion's dead. There ain't no power in religion. There's power in Jesus. So, Lord, we want to make the most of the opportunity, and we want to live a life of faith, and we want to expect you to do something in us, and we want to rejoice in you, Christ Jesus. We want to rejoice in the hope that we have something that the people around us don't have. We're on this adventure called faith. We're, we're following after God. Here's what I'd say to us this morning. I believe that your prayers and my prayers make a difference if we're in Jesus Christ and we have clean hearts. I just do. They, they, they change things. They alter things. How many of you believe that statement today? Do you believe that God changes the world? Do you believe God changes circumstances and he changes things in your life when you pray in faith? You're like, well, absolutely, man. I, I pray for healing all the time. And a lot of times people, man, they get well. They get whole. And I, to be honest, sometimes I pray for people and they die. You're like, well, tell me the days you're praying those prayers. I don't want you to pray for me on that. I have certain days of the week. I just don't pray for it. No, that's not it. Ult- Did you know ultimate healing is death? to be the, in the presence of Jesus Christ. But he wants us to pray. But let's just jump in here. Verse 2. Devote yourselves to prayer. Write down the word. Pray diligently. Pray ferociously. Pray fervently. Pray with all your heart. Don't shrink back. Don't try to do the things of this world. Devote yourselves. Cling to when Philip leads Simon to Jesus Christ. Simon cannot let go of his friend. He didn't let go of Philip. He, it, it talks about he clings to him. He's clung to him. Have anybody ever had anybody that's been attached to you kind of at the hip and they won't let you go? Yeah. Maybe you're that kind of person. You're attached to somebody and it, it, it can be a little needy. And, and other times it can be kind of a good thing. But here, he, he couldn't shake him. He couldn't shake Simon. He was just attached and, and I'm wondering, God, when it comes to our neighbors, to our colleagues, to our friends, to our families, God, the foundational work of evangelism is prayer. God, I want to attach to you. God, I want to pray diligently. You know, when we pray with fervent spirit, it means we pray with our, we pray our passions and we pray at our priorities. We all know what's important to us. All you got to do is listen. People will reveal by their speech what's really important. People will reveal what's important to them by the way they spend their money, the way they spend their time. And I've shared this illustration before, but I think it helps. When I put the trash out, as I push it to the curb a couple of times a week, that's a holy time for me to pray for my neighbors. You're saying, well, I just thought you were taking a walk. Well, sometimes it is. It's also time to pray for the people in our cul-de-sac, to pray for those around us. Do they know Christ? Do they have a personal relationship with Christ? I have one neighbor the dad and I were in a conversation some time ago, and he specifically asked me, would you pray fervently for my son to know the gospel? I said, man, that is awesome. I wrote it down in my prayer journal. I pray it all the time. Praying for his son to radically know Christ as his mom and dad do. I just, I just believe God does that. And then here in one translation, it says, well, God, may you open the door. I don't know about you, but sometimes we try to open doors, and that, that doesn't do very well. And God wants us to have a holy habit that we begin to see him open the door in front of us. But I want to say this. We find a way to be devoted. If you read chapter 6 of Matthew, kind of preceding the Lord's prayer, he talks to us about prayer. And in the King James, 
it says, and go into the prayer closet. Now, that's a little weird for us. Like, eh, what's a prayer closet? And we used to have a prayer closet back here. Now we have a prayer room and all that. Jesus, I never see where Jesus had a prayer closet. But the principle is always demonstrated in the life of Jesus. The Bible says Jesus got up early, something a lot of us don't know anything about, and he withdrew to a, a quiet place. He withdrew to the mountain to be with the Father. That was his closet. That was the prayer closet of Jesus. Here's what I'd say to us. Right in your margin today, every one of us needs a prayer closet. It could, be, it could literally be a closet. It could be your kitchen. When you walk into the kitchen and you, get, you start to make that cup of coffee, that becomes a sanctuary for you. How many of you, your prayer closet is your shower? Yeah, yeah. How many of you, your car is your prayer closet? You turn off the radio, you turn off the music, you turn off the phone, and you just make it a quiet place just to talk to the Lord. God wants us all to have places that we go, God, I want to pray diligently now. God, I want to pray, and I want to make a difference. I want to have some holy habits uh, triggered in my life. God, I want to pray with devotion. Matter of fact, i got to do something right now because i got to be obedient. i got to pray right now for him. I know I just killed the video, but hang with me. This right here, this is my boy Jared here. I love this guy. And Jared is in the Navy, right? I, I know, I was one of those services. I, I'm going to ask your old student pastor to come here. I want him to pray for you real quick, okay? Mark, come up here. I want us to pray with Jared. Jared is getting ready to go to his next assignment. And I just feel like the Holy Spirit says, he, God wants the faith family to pray over Jared. Is that okay with anybody? Well, if it's not, if it is, hey, you know, hey, Mark, man, I'm not putting you on the spot. I know you like to pray. Pray for Jared today. Dear God, we come to you now um, lifting up Jared. God, we know in your word that you say that you did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So we know there is much fear involved in going off and leaving everything you know behind. But we know that you've given us not a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power. So we thank you for Jared and the life that he has and the life that he's given so many here. We ask that as you send him out, that you will equip him for every good work that you've placed before him as he goes, that he could be a light to so many in the Navy, that he could show the love of Christ, as we're learning about this morning, to so many of his shipmates and people that he'll be in contact with. So we ask that you not send him out um, to do anything apart from your will. We thank you for him Put a hedge of protection around him and bless yes, him Lord. as he goes. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, bro. Dude, you've been prayed over by a Greek scholar today. Did you know that? Hey, we love you, man. Hey, pray for Jared. Write it down. Pray for Jared. You go, man, pray for Jared. Is that the jeweler? No, it's not the jeweler. There's Jared right there. Okay, pray for him. He's in the Navy. He's going, man, I, need... I thought that was funny too. Okay, here we go. All right, here we go. All right, pray with devotion. It means adhere firmly to, attach yourself to Jesus, and just pray. It's not hit and miss, man. It's, man, just with all out, God, I'm abandoning myself. God, I'm crying out. God, I'm believing you for healing. I'm believing you for power. I'm believing you for witness. We read that passage in uh, Acts 2, 42. They devoted themselves to prayer. They were people after God's heart. Luke 18, 1, write it down. Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Guys, I've been praying for 35 years as a Christ follower. I love to pray. I've been learning from men. I've been writing. I've, been, I've read. I've got hundreds of books on prayer. And I still feel like I'm in elementary school in prayer. Man, and sometimes I get discouraged. Can I just go ahead and be honest? Has anybody in the room ever got discouraged when you're praying? Man, we have. We have an enemy. But our prayers are powerful and effective when they're prayed.
by righteous people. So God, help us to be devoted and to persist and to persevere and to not give up and have a God consciousness about us. And we go, God, we believe you. Because I believe the most important expression of the new life in Christ is a prayer life. Did you hear that? I believe the most important expression of the new life in Christ is a fervent prayer life that makes a difference. I thought, well, preacher, I thought you were going to say somebody that raises their voice and they say a lot of God words. Well, that's important. I thought it was people that cared for the widows and cared for the poor. Well, that's important. And I can name all these acts that would be important, but I think it's the expression of a prayer life and, and when we come against uh, principalities and powers, and we've talked about that a lot. So we keep praying. We don't bail. We don't give up. But let me just tell you in the margin. Sometimes you hit a dry time, a dry season. I, I understand. I, I have dry seasons sometimes. I don't like to stay there. But sometimes, you know, and the scripture talks about the brook dried up and the Lord moved them. Sometimes you got to move from that place to another place. But you got to move. And God, I want to pray. But he says, devote yourselves to prayer. And then he says, with an alert mind, underline alert mind in your Bible. With a sharp mind, with an alert mind. Man, you're in tune. You're, you're awake. You're, you're, you're staying true. You're, you're committed to him. You're being watchful here. Oh, God, my mind is alert. But God, it's watchful. I'm watchful for the things going on around me. God, I want to watch what you're doing in your world. God, I want to watch how you can use me. I want to be awake. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 6, it says, Don't go to sleep, but instead be alert and self-controlled as the time approaches for the Lord's return. So as Christ followers today, we should be awaiting the coming of Jesus. We should be looking for the signs of the age. Now, I can't declare when he's going to come. Jesus said, I don't even know. The Father hasn't revealed to me. So all these people write these propaganda and this books. That's just foolishness. All you do is read your Bible and go, why would you buy one of those books? But Jesus says, be alert, be awake. I mean, he, he gives these parables. He says, one man is out in the field, and he's, he's sowing. The man, the Lord comes, and this person does this, and the Lord comes. I don't know about you, but when would you like for the Lord to come back? I think it'd be pretty cool if he came on Sunday morning when we're having worship. How about you? Wouldn't that be cool? Like, man, Jeff Bush, I knew you were a, a creative guy, but man, the, 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 the roof split, the skies opened, and King Jesus stepped out on a cloud. Jeff, that was awesome. What are you going to do for an encore next week? Well, nothing, dude. We're going to be in the presence of the king. Some of you are like, wow, is that going to happen one week? I don't know. It might. Some of you are like, I, I don't know. All right. So God wants to provide spiritual fortitude. Don't you like that word fortitude? Okay, let me give the girl, the, the guys a word, guts. God wants to give us spiritual guts to pray, the tenacity to move on, to be tenacious and to be after him. So he says, devote yourselves to prayer, be alert. And not like what he says next. He says, now have a thankful heart. Pray with thankfulness in your heart. Have you given thanks to God today? I've been thanking him all morning. That's kind of my habit. I like to thank God. Lord, I'm just thankful for all these blessings. I begin to remunerate them. I begin to list them. I never get tired of thinking about the goodness of God. Do you? Have you thanked God lately? Have you thanked God for even healing that's on its way? Have you thanked God for the answer that's on its way? That's faith. That's believing for things that are unseen. God, we're trusting. It's, it's gratitude. In Psalm 75, 1, it says, We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks for your name is near. And men tell of your wonderful deeds. And all through the book of Colossians, he begins to give passages, and I begin to meditate on them this week, and I, and I saw over and over in God's Word, and it kept saying, give thanks, give thanks. I want you to write these verses down. There'll be ones for you to go back to. This is God's Word. I love to give God's Word to you on Sunday morning 
Oh, I love to give you illustrations. I love to give you a story. I love to give you a spit. I spit all over this. I, sometimes I even watch the spit bubbles. Like, man, you, you got to quit that, Keith. But uh, it's just, but I want to give you God's word. Listen to Colossians chapter 1, verse 3. We always thank God the Father of your Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you, but we're always thankful. Colossians 1.12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the, of the kingdom of light. Then he goes on Colossians 2.7, rooted and built up in him, strengthened as the faith in the faith as you were overtaught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Paul knew I mean, this guy was a jailbird. This guy was in jail. He's in house arrest all the time. He writes the book of Philippians. It's big time being jailed. It's a horrible situation. It's dark. It's dungy. It stinks. And he praises his Savior, and he's thankful. And then Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 and 17. Listen to this. See if this will get in your heart. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Paul would just say, give thanks, be grateful all the time. Honoring God, I want to have that kind of heart. I pray our people would have that kind of heart, that we would seek after you. So here, he, look what he says, verse 2. Devote yourself, be sold out to prayer, then be watchful, be alert, have, have a sharp mind for Christ, then have a thankful heart. Then in verse 3, he begins to get into, he says, pray for us that God will give us many opportunities. That one translation, pray that God will open the door. I like it. Paul's under house arrest. He doesn't go, hey, God. Could you set me free? God, could you get me out of this physical incarceration? I, I don't want to be here anymore. Paul never prays that. We never see that in Scripture. He was locked up, but being locked up, he ministered effectively because he knew to take right where he was and to be a witness for Christ. Some of you today, you're trying to squirm your way out where you are, but do you believe in a sovereign God? I do, and I believe God has you right where he wants you for this time, and he wants you to be an effective witness for Jesus Christ. But sometimes we're like, well, God, I don't, I don't like those people over there. I hear this. Well, God, I don't, I don't really like Montgomery. You know, I don't like Alabama. I like North Dakota. Why? You know, I mean, I, I'm sorry if you're from North Dakota. Bless, bless you. You must have ice water running through your veins. I don't know. But, but the bottom line is, be grateful where you are. We always want to get somewhere else. And so he needs the prayers of the people. Revelation 3.8. Write down Revelation 3.8. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. When Jesus opens a door, man cannot close it. When Jesus opens the door. That's what I'm praying. Lord, give us the spirit of open doors over our church, over our relationships. Begin to open doors for people today, Lord, that they can begin to see what you're doing. And in 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 23, I want you to write this verse down. It's a great verse. 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 23. Far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. That right there, 1 Samuel 12, 23, is such a verse for every Christ follower. When people ask you to pray for them, far be it for you that you neglect, that you forget that you don't pray for other people. People always want prayer. People want help. People want hope. 
I tell you what, if you don't believe that, go to the hospital this afternoon. Just go down. Uh, I mean, it'd be a little weird, but you, you could go over there and you could knock on the doors. You go, hey, just want to know, anybody want prayer? I'm going to tell you, most people are going to go, I want prayer. I've been a pastor 31 years. I've prayed in a lot of hospital rooms. And every time I go, I ask people, may I have a word of prayer with you? And it was this old geezer one time. I never will forget his name. No, it never happened. Every single time I ask people, can I pray for you? They go, oh, I welcome that preacher. Oh, please pray for me. People want to break out, don't you, church? People need prayer. And as kids of the king, we just need to go, God, we're not going to fail to pray for people when they ask. And God, sometimes we're going to ask them. But I want you to jump over here at verse 12. We're chapter 4. I just want you to look at verse 12 in Colossians 4. Here's an old guy. Here, here's somebody you can name your next kid this, Epaphras. Epaphras, a member of your own fellowship and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends you his greetings. He always prays for you earnestly, for you asking God to make you strong and perfect, fully confident that you are following the whole will of God. Epaphras, he was praying for somebody else. We need Epaphras in the church of Jesus Christ. Can I tell you something in my life? This has been so cool. Now, I've invested in thousands of people the last 35 years. I've had the, the honor and the privilege to care for teenagers and adults. It is a sacred honor, and I'm humbled, and I've prayed for so many people. But let me tell you something about my story. My spiritual father in the faith. Donna loves him deeply, just like I do. He's Dr. Andy Harris. Every time I see him, he tells me and Donna, I have never failed to pray for you and Donna every single day. I met him right after I came to Jesus. 35 years. There's a man sitting right over there. He's our small group director, Mike Mason. He's been praying for me every single day for years and years and years. There's a couple sitting over here. They always used to call me Shepherd. They still call me Shepherd. So, hey, the sheep, you know, I love them. Ted and Jan Bill. They have prayed for me every single day for about the past 20, 25 years. You're like, man, well, Pastor, you need it. That's why people are praying for you. I can name people around the country. They tell me, I'm praying for you every day. And I, here's what I'm just saying we need some epaphrases, and the church said, you need people praying for you. And you need to be, you need to be a path for, just write down, I need to be an epaphras to somebody. Everybody in here today could be an epaphras for somebody. I don't know who it is. God will show you who it is. Man, I need, I need to pray. I just thought that was a practical word from God's word. Ask for clarity. The, the goal of evangelism is to make the gospel clear. The gospel has the power. It's just our opportunity to present the gospel clearly that somebody might repent that somebody might believe christ they, they might follow after him so lord i trust you i, I come up in colossians 1 27 it says christ in you christ in me the hope of glory I, I love i love that word the hope of glory god's elevated lifted up worth in you and me and it's elevated and god we follow you we make the most of our opportunities when you read this in the Greek, it talks about buying up. It means uh, finding a bargain. How many of you today, it, it, or let's say tomorrow, let's say you went over to the mall, you went over to East Chase tomorrow, and you walked in your favorite store, and they had this ridiculous price on something that you really wanted. How many of you would buy it? Okay, so we'll talk about lying next weekend. No, of course you would buy it. 
And you're like, well, I would buy a bunch of them. I, I, I'm not even telling you what it is. It's just something you always wanted. And you're like, man, I would, I would just buy it, man. And I would buy up. I would make the most of that opportunity. And I'd go sell them to my friends for profit, or I would go give them to my friends or do something. I, I don't know what your heart is there. But we would, we would make the most of that opportunity. That's what it means to be a witness for Christ. Just make the most of the opportunity where Christ has put you. Oh, God's, we can do this by the power of the Holy Spirit. The second thing, fill it in. Pray diligently. The second one, act wisely. Watch how you and I live among the pagans, how we live among the unsaved world. God, how do I present my witness? How, how do I go out and grab that narrow window of opportunity and I somehow make Christ more me less? Christ increases and I decrease, John 3.30. God, prepare the door. God, open the door. Lord, help me to lay hold of it. God, there's no place for me to be foolish, to be selfish, to be filled with sin, but God, it's a place for me to be a witness. Psalm 90, verse 12 Lord, teach me to number my days that I may gain a heart of wisdom. You know, I don't know how many days we're going to live. The Lord does. The Lord has ordained exactly how many days you and I are going to live. Isn't that, isn't that awesome? He knows how many days you've got and you've got and you've got and you've got. And he knows when your last day is coming. So he just says, redeem the time. Make the most of it. Um, I'll put it this way. We fill in point A here. Keep your eyes open. But, okay, I'll put it up here. All right, I had a bag. Somebody help me. There, 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 was a, there was a black bag. Boy, this is embarrassing, but I set it on this table before I started, and it's gone. Is there a bag over there? Somebody took my prop. Okay, thank you. Blake, you're my hero, baby. I love you, man. Jeff, Jeff's got junk all over Thank you, place. man. It's like a lunchbox. That is Jeff's lunchbox. That, that is awesome. I love the staff I serve with. They are amazing. And they love to play jokes on Pastor Keith. No, I don't know. <laughs> I was looking around like, I know it was out there. Everybody's like, that man's a fool for Jesus. I'm making the most of the opportunity and to be your entertainment this morning. And God's people said, our pastor's weird. Okay, here we go. All right. Now, I want us to have spiritual eyes to see things around us. Um. Here, here, here's the best way I know how to do it. Ready? Have you ever, have you ever seen one of these? Huh? Huh? What, what's that called? A jeweler's loop. Let me tell you something. It don't do nothing for you. I feel like a nerd. When I look out at you, I can't see. It's like my glasses or Coke bottles right there. All right. But when I look down here, whoo, man, I can see with opportunities. It's a loop. It's a jeweler's loop. Or a jeweler's hat, whatever. God wants to give us spiritual loops that we have eyes to see clarity. We see situations. We see how we need to respond to them. Does any, I feel like a fool with this thing. Does, it, does anybody know what I'm saying? Does that help anybody this morning? Just go in the jewelry store. Hey, y'all, you know, what a great thing. Matter of fact, I got a jeweler guy I want to go see, and I'm probably going to talk to him about, man, have you got your spiritual loop on? It's a great opening. God just wants us to find ways to share the glorious gospel of Christ. Now, so we look around, we see it. Um, let, me, let me tell you, there's, there's seasons in our life, there, there's seasons of change. How many of you believe that Ecclesiastes says there's a season for everything, and how many of you believe that God works in seasons? Sure he does. Look at nature. 
You know, I have fall, winter, spring, and summer. You know, Montgomery, you don't get all those, but sometimes you do. Like, you know, like, you know, I was like, we were wearing shorts the other day, and then everybody's like, you know, 25 degrees, 26, and it's freezing, and then, and then on uh, next Friday, we're going to wear, you know, your bathing suit, and the next week it's going to snow. Now, don't quote me. I don't know if it's going to snow or not. It just sounds cool. But anyway, but there's seasons of change. I want you to write these down. These aren't your notes, but this is free. Seasons of change. Write down. The first one is just a season of change. In that season of life, uh, let me tell you the greatest season I know of change. It's for freshmen. Freshmen in school, ninth graders, and for college freshmen. There's something about that season, things change drastically. You go off to high school or you go off to university. For your pastor, the season of change that was eternal for me was my freshman year at university when I came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. It was a season of change. Let me give you another one, and it happens there. A season of loss. Write down a season of loss. When you have a death, when you have a divorce, when you have a separation, when you have some kind of break, that season of loss is critical. We need to look. I find people are prone. They're open to hear the gospel because they're hurting. They're, they're looking for help. They're looking for answers. So we open our eyes to the landscape here. The, the next one is the season of sickness. How about a season of sickness? When people are sick, they've been diagnosed with cancer, they've been diagnosed with some disease, there's something, their body is not function, functioning the way it did properly. There's an opportunity to share the hope found in Jesus Christ. So many times people are more open at that point. And here's the fourth one. The season of being exposed, being found out. Being found out you're a fake, being found out there's an addiction in your life, and that addiction gets exposed. That's an opportunity for witness. It's an opportunity for change. I just want us to look at these four today and just say, man, these, these are powerful. I, I just need to be the, have the spiritual loop, and I begin to look and see if any of these situations are in my, in my life, in my friend's life, in my colleague's life, in, in my world, in my sphere of influence. Let's move on to this one, though. So we keep our eyes open and be. We listen to what they say. Let's you and I train ourselves to hear what people say. Sometimes they'll give us, you know, probing things to ask them back. Just because their pain will be expressed. Their pain is manifested. Their concerns, their, their fears come out if we'll just listen. You know, it, that's not really easy for me. For some of you, man, you're so good at it. I, I just applaud you. But I'd say all of us need to have ears to hear. God, give us ears, spiritual ears, a spiritual antenna. That's what the next series is about, the voice, hearing the voice of God. We'll get into that. We'll start unpacking that coming up next week. Look at the next point, point three. Speak graciously. And here in Colossians, he says, pray for us. And then he, he talks about, in verse five, live wisely among those who are not believers. Make the most of the opportunity. And, you know, he's just trying to tell you and I that have a redeemed mouth. Speak words that are wholesome. Speak words that are fitting. Speak words that are kind, that are sensitive, that are gentle, that are truthful. Speak these things. And then I had to go to that passage. I have to in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Paul gives you and I, man, real words for our soul. He says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that, though, that they may benefit those that listen. God, give us words that are helpful. 
God, give us words that are redemptive. God, give us words that will purify the relationship. They'll give spiritual interest. And so he, he, he says, make the most, seize the day, seize the opportunity. And then let's move to verse 6. Let your conversation, though, be gracious. Let it be attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. One says, let your speech be seasoned with salt. I don't know about you, I'm married to a person that she has low blood pressure, she works out, she eats right, she does all the right things, I'm so proud of her, but she likes salt. The cool thing about her, it doesn't affect her, her blood pressure, it runs a little low. But Donna, man, you know, I don't have to go, hey, baby, you want salt on that light? Really? Are you asking me? And, like, if you ever go eat Mexican food with Pastor Keith, does he ever reach for the salt shaker? You know it. But I have learned to be sensitive and ask you, hey, would you mind if I put a little salt on this? Because if you do, I'm fixing to get my own basket of chips. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm going to salt mine. But call, uh, how many of you like chips without salt or with salt? How do you like it? Salt. Yeah, I mean, you like, you like to eat popcorn without salt on it? It's kind of nasty. Yeah, okay. He says here, be, be witty, be clever, be seasoned with salt. Make your life, you know, share your life. Be interesting. You don't have to be bored. How many think you need to be a bore if you know Christ and you're just bored and people go, oh, there comes a Christian. Oh. That's why we live. Like, oh, they're a Christian. Oh, they have no joy. Oh, they got baptized in vinegar last weekend. Oh, there they come. There they come. No, man, Christians ought to be. There's a Christian. Woohoo! They're vibrant. They're on fire. They love God. They're seasoned. They're zesty. They make me. They're, man, they're attractive for the Savior. How many want to be attractive for Jesus? That's what the passage says. Pique the interest of others. It makes people thirsty. When I eat salty food, I drink more water. When people are seasoned with the gospel, we make people thirsty for Jesus. Because Jesus Christ, the hope of glory, dwells in us. I remember watching some people that said they were Christians, and I remember watching some real Christians. And I remember coming to Christ, and I remember the difference it made. I've been a Christian for about nine months, and I'd let a lot of people count in my roommate to Jesus Christ. And one day, one of my old fraternity brothers walked up to me, and he says, Keith, I want to talk to you. I said, sure. He says, I've been watching you every day for the last nine months. I said, really? He goes, yeah. He says, I've been waiting for you to blow it, to bust it. And what he didn't know is I'd, I'd blown it plenty, but I was really working on my witness for Christ. He says, I've seen something different in you the last nine months. He goes, I want your Jesus. You know what it told me? My life and your life matters. Our lives are an influence. And today I'm a pastor, so of course you're like, well, I, I, don't, I don't want some goofy pastor out there. I, I want him to, you know. I mean, if I went out this afternoon and just did something so stupid, like just got drunk, how many of you are like, man, that's the guy I want to follow to our church. That's awesome. No. But you know what? This is for everybody that calls on the name of Jesus. Amen, church? And we're to be an influence to a lost world. Let's pray. Because what we're going to do is we're going to pray right now, and then we have a wonderful privilege today. I preached early. We're going to go into some worship songs. Oh, it's going to be good. Let's pray. Father, we recognize that what comes out of our mouth makes a difference. And we want to be living sacrifices to Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that today Christ would form us and would live in us, that he might live through us. Jesus, would you touch the people in our world with the gospel? 
with the genuine gospel, the authentic gospel, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we love you.